Hello, my friends, and welcome back. In today's episode, we're going to be chatting about how to rediscover the joy of food and eating. And this was actually inspired by a prospective client conversation that I had this week around really the anxious thoughts that come along with eating and feeling like it's just something that you need to do, but not really looking forward to it, not really enjoying the experience because of all of the guilt that comes along with it or just the anxious thoughts in between meals or before meals or after meals. And so today I really want to invite you into this conversation and this possibility that you can enjoy eating again and that eating should be enjoyable, right? Yes, food is fuel. That is one avenue that we can think of, but food is more than that. Food is culture, food is memories, food is conversations, food is how we communicate with loved ones. Food is just such an integral part of our community and of our well-being. And so I want you to really be able to embrace this concept and to be able to live this out real time in your own life. We're going to start by talking about really this awareness. This is going to be, you guys know me, we talk about awareness a lot on this podcast, but as always, we need to create awareness in order to understand maybe why we think the way that we do, or if we would like to change something, we need to be aware of what the actual problem is or what the issue is or what's coming up for us. So it's really important that we do create this awareness. And when we create this awareness, what I'm talking about here is when you're sitting down for meals, I want you to actually allow yourself to fully be present in the meal. And what I mean by that is being able to take a few breaths before you sit down for the meal to check in with your body, do a quick body scan, see how we're feeling in terms of hunger cues. For some of my clients, I like to recommend doing a scale of one to five. So five being I'm starving one being I'm not hungry at all. And really, ideally, we're sitting down at that sweet spot of hunger. So maybe like a three out of five or a four out of five, trying not to arrive at meals starving because when we're starving, then we have no idea as to how to regulate our hunger. So really looking to sit down at about three out of five, four out of five. As we're creating this awareness around food and around our eating patterns, I also want you to be able to slow down the process. So slowing down your meal will allow your body to better digest your food as well as for you to recognize when you're actually full and satiated as opposed to overeating. And so when we can start to create awareness around maybe the speed at which we eat or all of the things that are around us, maybe distractions that are present when we're eating, try and remove that. Try and slow down the meal. A really easy way to do this without it being crazy, because I'm sure you've probably heard like chewing your food 20 or 30 times, not getting neurotic about it that much and having to like actually count your chewing. Something that's really helpful that I utilize in my own life is to be able to put my fork down in between bites. Once you do that, it automatically slows down your meal instead of shoveling the next bite into your mouth. So this can be a really good practice for you if you are looking to create more mindfulness around your meal times and to start enjoying food again. So really slowing down that process and also, again, removing any distractions. I know that for some of us, this isn't always possible, but 
as much as we can, trying to avoid eating meals while we're working or avoid eating meals while we're doing other things, standing up, not really taking this as a full experience, right? There will be days and times where meals are quick and that's okay. And it really is just like about getting the food in. But also, more often than not, I want you to sit down and make this an experience. Make this something that is enjoyable for you. Really slow things down so that way you can be present during your meal. Now, we're going to take these similar principles and we're going to transition them into an area where a lot of my clients do struggle with, which is the weekends, right? The weekends, there's less structure. We have less control over our schedule. Maybe we're out with friends or family and maybe we're you know, running the kids around to sports. So things look a little bit different than maybe they do during the week. But the same principles are going to apply here. So I want you to be cognizant of eating mindfully, slowing things down as much as you can. And when I was talking with this prospective client, she brought up a really great point that the only time that she really enjoys eating is when she's out with her husband and they're at a restaurant. And that is most likely because she doesn't have her three and five-year-old running around, right? Distraction, which we love our children, of course, but that can also be a distraction in the experience, right? Um, she's able to be more present in that moment, more connected to her partner, more connected to herself. And so she's able to actually enjoy that experience. So we want to take these principles and also apply them to eating out. And even if you are with loved ones and if you're out to dinner with friends, you can still be mindful and present in those meals. So taking the same principles that we just talked about, maybe making a more condensed version of it for you, that's perfectly fine. It doesn't have to be the same elaborate process that we do while we're at home, but something that just allows us to tune back into ourselves. That's the whole goal of this, right? Is to be present with ourselves. Something that I think we often forget, especially around other people. And then our decisions become influenced by other people around us and maybe what they're eating or what they're ordering or something that they said. And so this allows you to just reconnect internally. The next tip that I want to talk about around creating more enjoyment of the meals and foods that you're eating is being able to allow yourself to have the foods that you love. So again, this is another really rampant conversation that's occurring with clients, but some of the clients who come to me initially feel this sort of way around bad foods, right? I'm doing air quotes here if you're not watching this. When we have those bad foods, we often feel guilty. And so we put them in this box. We put them in this scenario where I will only have these foods during this occasion or during this holiday or when I'm out with friends. But what happens is, is we put such restriction and rigidity around those foods that when we finally get a chance to have them, our brain and our bodies just go crazy and we're out of control, right? And I know so many of us who have struggled with this know this feeling, right? It's like, I cannot have that around. Or maybe you have a food that you cannot have around the house because you're worried that you would overeat it or you would eat the whole bag. And often I find with clients that's because we are restricting that from ourselves. We're saying that that's an off-limits food. That's not something that we can have around. And this becomes dangerous for a couple of reasons, right? We're now demonizing a food, right? We don't want to necessarily equate morality with our foods, right? We want to understand that food is fuel. There are foods that are going to be more satiating for us, more nourishing for us than others. And that's kind of the spectrum that I like to teach clients to look on. But Ultimately, we don't want to have these meals where they're considered cheat meals or 
allowing yourself to finally have the thing that you've been restricting yourself from. So a tip that I love to give clients is to actually allow yourself to have those things throughout the week instead of waiting for the weekend. So being able to feel comfortable with the ice cream on a Tuesday night, right? Being able to incorporate those foods that you love again And as you reintroduce them, this is the most important part, as you reintroduce these foods, I want you to practice the awareness that we talked about before. So bringing all of that mindfulness into your eating of these foods, make it an experience, make it a a special moment, be really present, turn off the television, put your phone down, be with the people around you and really just allow your senses to kind of come alive and create this beautiful experience so that way you can reconnect with this food. I know it sounds silly, but it's true because we've created this really negative experience around a certain kind of food. And therefore, then we feel these icky feelings automatically before we even eat the food, right? It's just like it comes along and we're like, oh no. You know, it's like that anxiety when somebody brings in a tray of dessert and you're like, oh no, (laughs) right? I remember living in this place of like, oh, I just hate when people do that. I hate when there's things around. Like, why can't I just go and then like not have those things? But now I can go and have those things around me and enjoy a bite or two and feel good and satisfied and not feel this urge to eat 15 of them. And that's because we're rediscovering that joy with food and with ourselves in that experience. The last one that I want to offer you is replacing negative experiences with positive ones. So what I mean by this is often as it relates to food, we have these rules, we have these rigid boundaries, we have these words that we utilize, right? So one example, right? Cheat meal. That's something that I hear pretty often in this field. And it was actually coined from bodybuilding, right? They were eating so clean, quote unquote, with broccoli, chicken, rice, all of that in one meal that the cheat meal allowed them to have that flexibility as opposed to incorporating that flexibility on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And so instead of that, I want you to replace cheat meal, kind of like we talked about here with enjoying your treats throughout the the week, enjoying those things that you love throughout the week in moderation and not making it this huge, big off-limits thing that then when we get a hold of it, we can't control ourselves. So that's one sort of replacement example from negative to positive. Another one that I like to teach is removing restriction. So instead of feeling restricted, we want to understand that this is going to provide us nourishment, right? Food should not be a restrictive process. Instead, we want to think about what we're adding. What is this food going to give me? What nutrients is this going to provide for me? And if you have children, you've probably heard this before. The different color foods equate to different emotions and strengths. And so like, I think, I don't know what exactly, I don't have children, but there's something where you have like green foods and those are considered our strong foods, right? And all of those foods are associated with a positive experience, a positive emotion. You're going to get something by eating those foods. And very similarly, I want us to take that principle and apply that for ourselves as well, because now we're starting to create more positive experiences, more positive emotions around food and around eating itself. So that's another really awesome tip for you to utilize. And the last component that I want to leave you with is how are we going to know that we're moving forward? How are we going to know that we're making progress? Often I find that clients will put these principles into play and they feel really good about it, but then maybe 
they feel like they're not making enough progress or they're not moving fast enough. And so before we even get to that point, before you even start this practice, I want you to evaluate how will you know, you know, not me, not anybody else, but how will you know that you are progressing and moving forward? This is such an important question to ask yourself. And specifically, I would prefer that it would not be around a vanity metric, not around weight loss, not around measurements, but instead around how you feel, right? Maybe for you, and I want you, this is part of the process is determining what feels like progress to you. So even though I give these suggestions, I want you to understand that it has to come from you. If it's not coming from you, it's not going to be productive. It's not going to feel good when you get there. So for you, what does that look like? What does progress look like? But a few examples that I've utilized with clients before and something that I have mentioned on this podcast before is keep a journal or a running list in your phone of all of the times that you're able to create this new awareness for yourself, where you're able to stop in the moment and create more mindfulness, when you're able to put your fork down in between bites, when you're able to slow yourself down during your meals, when you're able to be present with others as you're eating, when you don't feel guilty after eating a food that you had previously considered off limits. So those are a few examples that you can utilize to be able to determine how you're progressing. Because Ultimately, we want to be making progress, but I think that sometimes we expect progress to look a certain way and it might look different and we want to be okay with that. So we want to have different progress metrics and different things that will tell us that we are progressing and moving forward. I'm really excited for you to take this new perspective with food. I hope that this gives you hope and joy and faith that you can rediscover the joy of food again, and that you can incorporate foods that you love in moderation, in control, and feel confident about the decisions that you're making. Because this process and the experience of food is such a joy if you allow it to be. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this episode. I know that life can be really crazy, and so the fact that you even set aside a few minutes to spend some time with me just means so much to me. If you're wondering how this episode applies to your life or any questions or follow-ups that you have in general, please feel free to let me know. There is a form that you can fill out in the description of this episode that will allow us to connect via email and just have a conversation as to what you are struggling with and where you need support. So if that's something you're interested in, you can find that in the description and I look forward to chatting with you soon. 